Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Tyson Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors we have joining us on this beautiful spring morning. As it is now the fourth Sunday in Lent, that is Laetere Sunday. And just as we have one Sunday in the season of Advent, where all of a sudden we see the color of rose, or really it looks pink, uh, because it is a Sunday of rejoicing, so we also then have a similar Sunday today during this season of repentance uh, and preparation for Easter, a brief relenting, if you will, uh, of the full somber nature of this season um, for a, a Sunday of rejoicing. So I'll turn your attention then to the Focused on Christ section that's found on the inside of the back cover of your bulletin, where we have a summary of our readings today. The Lord provided bread from heaven for his people in the wilderness. Now he who is himself the living bread from heaven miraculously provides bread for the 5,000. This takes place near the time of the Passover after a great multitude had followed Jesus across the sea and when he went up on a mountain. Seen in this way, Jesus is our new and greater Moses who releases us from the bondage of Mount Sinai and makes us free children of the promise Five loaves become twelve baskets, that is, the five books of Moses find their goal and fulfillment in Christ, whose people continue steadfastly in the doctrine and fellowship of the twelve apostles, and in the breaking and receiving of the bread, which is the body of Christ, together with his precious blood, and in the prayers. So it is that God's people shall not hunger or thirst, for he abundantly provides for us in both body and soul. And of course, our Lord this day provides for us his body and his blood to eat and to drink for the forgiveness of our sins and also the strengthening of our faith. And in accord with his word, he asks that we then be in accord with one another, reconciled to one another and also united in doctrine and in life, not just in terms of what we believe about this supper, but really in the whole of our lives. And according to that, then, we ask that those joining us at the altar this day be either members of this congregation or a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod sharing in that same confession. Our service this day is Divine Service 4. As it begins on page 203, we now sing the first hymn. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning. And though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all our needs of body and soul. Grant that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness, give you thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the fourth Sunday in Lent is from Exodus chapter 16. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. 
For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning, dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer according to the number of the persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Galatians chapter 4. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at the same time, just as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, so also it is now. But what, what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit but the son of the free woman. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the sixth chapter. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him, because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. 
Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii, I would not even buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's Peter brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about five thousand in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text this day is the gospel reading from John chapter 6. You know, when times are good and times are easy, well, it is both easy to see and to rejoice in the merciful provision of God. After all, when times are good and everything before our eyes tells us then that there's reason to rejoice, more than enough food on the table, in the pantry, and, well, also in our stomachs. We have a roof over our heads, clothes on our back, money in the bank. When you look at your neighbors, they have smiling faces, right? Their countenances are lifted up, telling of the contentment and satisfaction they feel. And we rejoice. And as is good as and fitting, the Lord receives our prayers of thanksgiving and also our songs of praise. However, it is when times are hard that it is difficult to rejoice. In hard times, everything before our eyes, well, it tells us that we should despair and that we should lament. We should complain and grumble. There may be little on the table or in the pantry. Your stomach grumbles, well, and you join right along with it. The roof, it drips. Your clothes, they have holes. And the bank account is barren. The faces of your neighbors are downcast, sullen, angry. Instead of contentment, there's complaining, outbursts of frustration, and there are tears. Instead of praise and prayers of thanksgiving, we doubt the Lord, his goodness, his provision, his promises to us. At times like these, we join our voices to the Old Testament Israelites. Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Now, that all might sound overly dramatic, but that is, in fact, what Israel confessed. And that is the sound of unbelief, right? It would have been better if the Lord had killed us in Egypt. At least there we had meat and we had bread. Well, to God's Old Testament people, wandering, hungry in the wilderness, Egypt sounded like the promised land to them. Why? Because they knew what that was. Egypt was a known quantity, even if they were forgetting the unadulterated terror and oppression of hard-hearted Pharaoh. 
Though the Lord had performed great signs and wonders in setting his people free, the Israelites, they looked at the circumstances immediately before them, and they forgot the Lord and the promised land he was leading them to. However, if we're honest, we do the same, or at least we're tempted to. But I'll come back to that in a few minutes. See, looking to the gospel lesson, we see Christ leading those who follow him. A great crowd of 5,000 men. Now, that's not including women and children. It would have been much larger. A huge crowd indeed. So then what was the problem? Well, St. John writes, lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus put the situation to his disciples in order to test them. Here you go, men. Feed the crowds. Well, the disciples do exactly what we would have done, or at least been very sorely tempted. They complain, they pout, they get snarky about their circumstances, and they despair. Now, the parallel accounts in the other Gospels, they tell us that this immense crowd was in a desolate place. It was nearing evening. They weren't anywhere near a town. There was much grass in that place, and as St. John notes, it was close to the time of the Passover. So then, how do you feed anywhere from five to 10,000 people in the wilderness in the spring when... Well, the grass is growing much like it is now, but nothing else is. There's no crops in those fields yet. No mere man could do it. And that, dear saints, is the point. However, Jesus knew what he would do. That's what we're told. In the hands of the Lord of creation, five barley loaves and two fish, which Andrew despaired of, they became more than enough. For the Christ, this task was as simple as settling the family down around the table at the proper time, right? Asking his heavenly father to bless the meal. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, St. John writes. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. Well, folks, what seemed like a crisis for Old Testament Israel, it was no crisis at all, for the Lord God knew what he would do. What seemed like a crisis for Jesus' disciples in the gathering crowd was no crisis at all, for the Lord knew what it was he was going to do, and it's no different with us today. A we of little faith. A few minutes ago I said I'd return to our doubt, and that time has now come. It's true that some of you know the feeling of doubt and despair when you truly don't know where your next meal is coming from, when there is no roof over your head, there's no money in that bank account. However, for most of us, None of us will truly know that level of despair. We won't know what it is to be truly destitute. And thanks be to God for that. However, that fact does not keep your weak and sinful hearts from doubting the Lord's goodness, his provision, his promises. See, just like Old Testament Israel, the devil lies to you until you forget the Lord and the promised land that he's leading you to. Instead of rejoicing in the Lord's mercies, which are new every morning, well, we often despair at our circumstances. This is most clearly seen in the different vocations which God has given to each and every one of us. For instance, husbands and wives fight each other, each seeking their own ways, sometimes even sadly breaking the marriage bond. Children, they rebel against parents. 
thinking that they know, the, know best, all the while pondering to themselves in their infinite wisdom, why did God give me parents like this? At our places of employment, we grumble and complain about our bosses and our work, and even if you're not under the employ of someone else, we still wonder and grumble at times. We grumble and complain about the material given to us, about the weather. Business owners, managers, and supervisors, they also grumble and complain about their employees, thinking, why can't these people just do what I want to do and make my life easier? Even in the church, we often listen more carefully to the latest gossip than to God's word read, taught, and preached. Behind every proof of the Lord's ongoing presence and provision in our lives, the devil tempts us. He tempts us, well, to find cause to despair instead of cause to rejoice. As it turns out, we're no better than despairing Israel and Jesus' despairing disciples so many times. O Lord, have mercy upon us. And grant us by your spirit repentant hearts. See, the good news, dear saints, is that God's abundant mercy is yours. That's not just pie-in-the-sky thinking. That's not just a spiritual-sounding trope. It's the truth. His mercy is yours. Today. Now. We see this in the giving, dying, and rising of Christ Jesus, the only begotten Son of God. Even in the midst of Lenten tide, we have cause to rejoice. In fact, that is what this fourth Sunday in Lent, Laetere Sunday, is all about. In the collect of the day, we pray, your mercies are new every morning. And though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all our needs of body and soul. See, in his great compassion, our Lord Jesus came to his fallen creation, took on our flesh, became one of us, and provided for all our needs of body and soul. Christ Jesus bore on the cross the burden of your sin. He crushed the head of the evil serpent Satan, and there he conquered sin and death once and for all. We rejoice even in Lent that our Lord is risen from the dead, and he lives and reigns to all eternity. We rejoice that he continues to provide for us each and every day by his chosen means. As his forgiven and beloved children, we are being led by the one true God to a promised land that is quite honestly, beyond our comprehension in terms of how truly good it is, and it will never end. We must always remember that as mundane as it seems in this life, the Lord puts food on your tables by means of other people. Farmers, truck drivers, food service workers, grocery store employees, and the like. Even the occasional noisy train as it goes past. See, this is how the Lord gives us our daily bread. Think back again to Israel in the wilderness. It would have been impressive to human eyes, right, if the Lord would have sent his angelic army to feed Israel in the wilderness. I mean, can you imagine that? Angels handing out plates of heavenly delicacies. But instead, the Lord provided a fine, flake-like thing called manna, which even that word manna, it's a play on the words from the Hebrew, meaning what is it, right? They didn't know what it was, but it was the food that the Lord had given them. Though it seemed so modest, even strange, it was no less a miracle. And when Jesus fed the 5,000, he could have made the heavens rain down thousands of warm, fresh-baked loaves and the finest meats on gleaming golden platters. I'll have multigrain wheat, thank you. Right? But instead, he didn't do that. The scriptures tell us that he took five modest barley loaves and two fish. And with that, he provided enough for everyone to have their fill. Though it seemed unimpressive to human eyes... Was no less a miracle. Dear saints, 
The Lord delivered you from sin, death, and hell. As his beaten and bloodied body was nailed to a cross as the once and for all time sacrifice for all sin. This he did for you and for the whole world. To human eyes, it looked pathetic, gory. A poor man dying a terrible death on the cross. And yet this is God in the flesh defeating death and hell and saving you from the same. The Lord's chosen manner for delivering this salvation to you, his means of grace, well, they look just as unimpressive to our human eyes. When you were baptized, you received the sprinkling of water on your head in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, right? To human eyes, it looks mundane, but it is a miracle of God, being born from heaven, born from above. In the absolution, the Lord delivers to you the total pardon of your sins, even salvation itself from the devil. As Luther writes, where there is the forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. Outwardly, it looks like a man in a white robe or a chasuble speaking some spiritual-sounding words. But beheld by faith, according to what our Lord has given, it is Christ himself speaking through his holy office, declaring you not guilty, forgiven, set free. And last, but certainly not least, there's the Lord's Supper, which we have the great joy of receiving this day. What could be seen as a, a modest or even strange Sunday morning snack that is surrounded by churchly ritual, it is the very table of our Lord Jesus Christ himself, where he feeds you his true body, gives you, of you to drink his true blood in and under bread and wine for the forgiveness of your sins, eternal life and salvation. Take, eat, Jesus says. Take, drink. This is given and shed for your forgiveness. This is none other than the feast of heaven itself, the bread of heaven, the wine of heaven, and the Lord's Supper, the crucified and risen Christ. He comes to you as both host and feast, and he blesses you with himself, a foretaste of the feast in paradise to come. Thanks be to God for his mercies, which are indeed new every morning in Christ Jesus. And so you see, we have much to rejoice in today and always. Do not forget the Lord, you his saints. Don't forget his goodness, his provision, his promises, which are sure and certain, his presence, which is just as sure and certain among you in his word and sacrament. Our faithful God, he is leading us to his promised land exactly as he said he would, the paradise that he has prepared for you and all who call on him in Holy Spirit-given faith. The Lord has given you gifts and blessings beyond counting, and the very greatest of those gifts is himself. It is just as we sung in the sermon hymn. Hence, all fear and sadness, for the Lord of gladness, Jesus, enters in. Those who love the Father, though the storms may gather, still have peace within. Yea, whate'er I here must bear, thou art still my purest pleasure, Jesus, priceless treasure. May the Holy Spirit keep us ever in the mercy and grace of Christ Jesus. In his most holy name, amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, your people of old grumbled against your goodness and were not satisfied by your, by your gifts, nor did they heed, give heed to your commands. Give us ears to hear and hearts to trust your word. Make us content with your provision and give us cheerful hearts to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our Lord of the church, strengthen and preserve your people as we devote ourselves to the apostles' doctrine, the unity of the faith, 
your holy, your holy supper and the prayers, that in this life of faith, love, and love, that this, in this life of faith, love also may grow and bear fruit among us. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, restore to all Christian hearts the joy of your salvation by the blood of Christ and make us eager to hear the voice of the gospel and the forgiveness of sins. So in turn, lead every Christian household, husbands, wives, and children to speak the truth with our neighbors and to forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed Lord, in Christ you are reconciling the world to yourself. Watch over our nation and indeed this whole world and all whom you have placed in authority. Give them wisdom and prudence that your people might live in peace and freely make known the gospel. Lord, in your mercy. Father of our good shepherd, protect, comfort, and guide all who call upon you in need, especially Bob Rash, Ron Gibson, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips. Grant healing and peace that they may continue to serve you with joy in this life and finally come to that good land in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, you provided food from heaven for Israel during their days of wandering in the wilderness. So give us also the true food of heaven, the body and blood of Jesus Christ, that we may be sustained in our faith and in hope during the days of pilgrimage through the wilderness of this world, until finally we behold your glory with our own eyes. Lord, in your mercy. God of grace, forgive our sins and free us from our slavery to the law, that like our elder brother Jesus Christ, we may gladly fulfill your commandments as free sons. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, Your son multiplied bread and fish for thousands, showing himself to be the creator and giver of every good gift. Multiply the gifts of body and soul you provide for us from your gracious hand and cause us to receive all your benefits with thanksgiving. Through the same Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Well, again, good morning and welcome to all on this fourth Sunday in Lent. Just a handful of announcements here before we continue with our morning. Uh, First, a big thank you to all the volunteers on Friday that made the Parents' Night Out possible. That was a a joy to be able to not only have some time out, but to know that our children were well looked after uh, here by uh, all all the wonderful volunteers. So thank you for that. As we continue into the week, uh, we then have uh, this coming Tuesday, a new member class and... No, actually, we don't. How did that end up in there? That's operator error. Uh, Women's Theology on Tap on Tuesday at 7 p.m. So instead of new member class, that'll be Women's Theology on Tap at uh, 7 p.m. Ladies will be finishing up our book. Uh, This coming Wednesday, our midweek schedule with 3.30 having uh, midweek school and confirmation, followed then by our Lenten meal and then Lenten vespers, uh, and then 6.45, our workout class and choir rehearsal. Uh, This Thursday, we have two events that begin at the same time. We have Handbell Choir at 7 here at church and Men's Theology on Tap over at the Parsonage. Uh, And we do, of course, continue in our Lenten midweek meals. This week, we look forward to, as it says, their barbecue meatballs and hash brown potato casserole. Thanks also to all the volunteers that have made that possible. It's been wonderful to have that uh, meal and time of fellowship. Uh, Easter cards uh, continue to be available in the card rack in the library. Contact Louise if you have any questions about that. She'll be happy to help you. And again, a reminder that this week is Theology on Tap, uh, Tuesday for the ladies at 7, uh, men 7 p.m. on Thursday. Um, I do believe that brings us to the end of our announcements. Anything I may have missed? Uh, 
All right, the Lord bless you and keep you as you go into this week, trusting in his gracious provision uh, for body and soul in Christ our Lord. I'll greet you at the door.